Welcome to this message from Journey Church. Our hope is that you'd encounter God and His purpose for your journey. Be sure to visit us online at www.journeykc.com. Well, today I want to talk about the power of a changed perspective, because there's a lot of power in a changed perspective. Um, you know, I, I think uh, there are probably a lot of people in this room uh, who are dealing with things right now that are overwhelming. That's just the law of averages. Not that you're average folks, but I think that there is still a good chance that there's a lot of you in this room that are dealing with things that are overwhelming, things that threaten to kind of cloud your view, and things that, tr- that, that try to pull all of your focus and all of your perspective in on whatever the situation and the circumstance is. And you know what? There is a kingdom perspective that you can have that is a lot bigger than your situation. I think about it like this. Today we've got a cloudy day, you know? Yesterday, uh, depending on, you know, I think most of us had a sunny day. But how many of you know the sun's shining either way, right? The only difference is today we happen to have some clouds in our way. And that's how circumstances and situations can work in our life God's glory, God's power, God's goodness, God's love is consistent, it's faithful, and it's, and it's there every day. His mercy is new every morning. That doesn't change. It's just these situations that come in and threaten uh, to, uh, to pull our perspective in the wrong direction. So I want to talk about how we can have a kingdom perspective because if you change your perspective, you can change your outcome. That's absolutely true. Um, when I was 18, uh, I was teaching guitar in a little music store up in Cameron, Missouri. I lived in Cameron, or I lived in St. Joe, but I, I taught in Cameron. And so on Tuesday nights, I'd go to Cameron and I'd teach guitar there. And the way that it was set up is I had a couple classes, okay? So um, basically everybody that was like a beginning, first time, had never picked up a guitar before type of a student went in these classes, and I had a couple of those classes, and then what would happen is if I had somebody that really picked it up quickly and uh, progressed quicker than everybody else, well, then I'd pull them out of the class, and we'd start having individual lessons so that they could really take full advantage of how quickly they're learning. And so that's what happened, and I had a couple younger guys that were really picking it up quick, and so that's what we did. So those guys ended up taking individual lessons with me. Um, And so that kind of played its course. I was there for a few months doing that. I ended up teaching somewhere else, and I moved on. Okay, fast forward, I don't know, maybe six years into the future. And at this point in time, Pastor Sean and I had, we, we knew each other at this point. We were both serving in youth ministry. He was actually leading worship, uh, he was up there. He was the singer. He was up there leading worship. Pastor Sean leads worship, just so you know. Um, if it came down to it, he could be the one-man show if he had to, him and the Holy Spirit, of course. But, uh, 
But he was leading worship, and I was the music director of this youth ministry. So I was kind of telling everybody what to play, and he was leading the worship. And around this time, neither one of us had, had, had gotten married yet, and so we were both dating our future wives. And so we went, all four of us went on a, on a double date down to Kansas City one Saturday night. And so while we were driving down to KC, uh, Sean starts, he, I'll say Sean because he wasn't Pastor Sean at that point. Um, he starts talking about, remember when we were in guitar lessons and stuff like that. And remember that one kid uh, that sat next to me in the group. And remember, all, and he's t- telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then all of a sudden, the light like flipped on. And I realized he was that kid that took lessons from me like six years ago. And I had known him all this time, and I had no idea that, that we had this connection way, way back. And it was just the strangest thing from my perspective that when that light came on and I realized he was that kid that, was, that really did well in guitar. And so what happened from that, there was new information that led to new possibilities. And so we talked about it, and I said, you know, you need to be leading worship with a guitar, not just holding a microphone. And so he started doing that, and he did that for several years on out after that. And even late, years and years later, we were at Gary Phillips' church in Cameron, and uh, he was helping lead worship there, and he led with the guitar. So he plays guitar too. But I would have never thought, and the little part that I played and all that came about because my perspective changed of him. And, and new information came, and it led to new possibilities. And I just say that because I believe that there's new information that can lead to new possibilities for you today. Does that sound like a good thing to anybody today? Well, um, one example in Scripture of how a kingdom perspective can affect your identity or your perception of who you are uh, can be found in 2 Corinthians 5.20. And uh, this is one of my favorite verses. It says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. The reason that's such a big deal to me is I know that there's a temptation to feel sometimes worthless or to feel like a failure or to feel helpless or to feel like a victim. And, you know, that's what this world tries to press upon us. But when you look at what the Word of God says about who you are, you are an ambassador for God. And don't let those words just go in one ear and out the other. You are a representative for the kingdom of God to this world. That is huge. That is major. Uh, that, That preempts anything else that the world would try to say to you about your identity and who you are. And that is a kingdom perspective. And so I use that as an example uh, to say that we need to have a kingdom perspective. That's the lens that we need to be looking through for our entire life, every aspect of our life. Okay, now, if you want an example of someone operating in a kingdom perspective in the Bible. You don't need to go any further uh, than the Apostle Paul. Um, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. Let me read you what he has to say. Actually, I want to start in verse 8 
not seven. So 2 Corinthians 4, 8, it says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. We look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are transient or temporary, uh, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Okay, so what's Paul doing? Paul's listing all these things that are really bad deals. He says, we're afflicted in every way. We're perplexed. We're persecuted. We're struck down. Our outer self is wasting away. But he follows every one of those things with the kingdom perspective on, how they really, on what they really are. We're, we're afflicted but not crushed. We're perplexed but not driven to despair. We're persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. And these things he calls momentary light afflictions. And, and to him, they are just momentary light afflictions because he's comparing them to what he calls the eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And so what he's done is he's taken these things, and he doesn't go into very much detail about being crushed and perplexed and all that, but he's taken those things and he's put them in the context or in the perspective of the promise that's waiting for him and for us. And so he actually does go into some detail. And I, wanted, I thought it would be helpful to see uh, what that is. And I believe it's 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-four. 24. Paul says this, Five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. In case you don't know what that is, that's bashed with rocks until you're dead. Uh, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and in thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Those are the things Paul's talking about when he says that he had these light, momentary afflictions. And I don't know if there's anybody in this room that's experienced any of those things. Uh, I haven't, for sure. But Paul experienced all of those things. And Paul had every reason to be depressed and uh, full of anxiety and, and complain. But he looked at those things from a kingdom perspective. And because he did that, Paul finished his race Paul completed his course. He says, I fought the good fight. And when he got to the end of his life, he was able to look back and say, I did what God called me to do. And I really don't believe that would have been possible without a kingdom perspective. And really, that's all that we really want, whether you realize it or not. Because here's the truth of the matter. When you pass from here into eternity, when you leave this life, whether you, whether you know it or not, there will be a change in perspective that happens for you. 
you'll be able to see in crystal clarity every time that you should have witnessed, every time that you should have prayed for somebody, every time you should have shown the love of God to someone, every time you should have been bold, every time you should have stood up for somebody who needed someone like you to stand up for them. All of those moments will come back into crystal clarity. And that's why, like Paul, we need to have a kingdom perspective now while there's still time. You know, because the Bible talks about uh, we need to act now because time is short. It actually says in, uh, I believe it's Romans 13, 11, but, it, but what it says is this. It says, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. So when you change your perspective, there's a casting off that happens and there's a putting on that happens. And, you know, perspective is really, it's not what we see, but it's the way we see it. And I want to put a picture up here. Here we have this cat on a set of stairs. And when you first see this picture, it's kind of hard to tell if the cat is coming down a set of stairs or coming up a set of stairs. And uh, go ahead and take the picture off. First service, uh, I, I lost everybody for like 30 seconds while everybody tried to figure out. Uh, it's coming down a set of stairs, by the way. But uh, the, 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 the point here is this, is that we can allow situations, circumstances, hard times, bad reports to screw up our perspective to the point that we no longer know what's up or down. And that's a bad place to be. Um, if you allow your circumstances to set your perspective, then you're going to, to head to a place in your life where you start to feel trapped, where you start to feel limited, where you start to feel closed in, uh, and, and you start to feel like you are at the mercy of anything that comes your way, of any circumstance, of any situation. Life becomes a chore. Life becomes laborious uh, and a burden to you when that happens. Um, it's kind of, if you haven't been there, it's kind of hard to describe what it feels like, actually. It's almost like, it's almost like if you can imagine being stuck in an office cubicle where people are just coming at you, throwing things at you, and there's nothing you can do about it, and you just have to deal with the nonsense of everything that happens from day to day in that little cubicle. And uh, to help you understand that, I actually have a video clip, and I want to play that right now. Let's, let's roll that video. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS reports. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I, I forgot. Mm, yeah. You see, we're putting the cover sheets on all TPS reports now before they go out. Did you see the memo about this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have the memo right here. I just uh, forgot. But uh, it's not shipping out till tomorrow, so there's no problem. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. And uh, 
I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. Okay? Yeah, no, I, I, I have Peter. the memo. I've got it. It's right. Hello, Phil. What's happening? Um, I came by here yesterday. Milton. Hi. Uh, could you turn that down just a little bit? I, I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume from 9 to 11. Yeah, no, no, I, I know you're allowed to. I, uh, I was just thinking maybe like a, you know, personal favor. Well, I, 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 I told Bill that if, if Sandra's going to listen to her headphones while she's, while she's falling, then I should be able to listen to the radio while I'm collating, uh -huh. so I don't see why okay. I should have to turn down the radio because yeah, all right. okay. I enjoy listening at a reasonable volume. Thanks. From 9 to 11. No. Hi, Peter. What's happening? We need to talk about your TPS reports. Yeah, the cover sheet, I know. I know. Uh, Bill talked to me about it. Yeah. Did you get that memo? Yeah, I got the memo. And I understand the policy, and the problem is just that I forgot the one time, and I've already taken care of it, so it's not even really a problem anymore. Ah, yeah. It's just we're putting new cover sheets on all the TPS reports before they go out now, so if you could go ahead and try to remember to do that from now on, that'd be great. All right. All right, be honest. You've felt that way at one time or another, right? Come on. Maybe once or twice. But, you know, that's a funny video, but that is kind of how it can feel when your perspective gets all screwed up by circumstances and the things that happen in the world. We feel trapped. We have no say in what happens. No way out. Helpless. And it's one thing you know, to put up with a little bit of that at work or something like that. But when life begins to feel like that, that's not right. And there's a problem. Because Jesus said that he came that we could have life and life more abundantly. That's right. So the question is, are your circumstances controlling your life, stealing your joy, causing depression and anxiety. Uh, and, you know, really, it's not your circumstances so much. It's the way you see your circumstances. Because circumstances and situations can change. But we have to start with the way that we look, the way that we perceive what's happening. There was a scientific study that was done, uh, fairly well-known, where uh, there were two dogs... Put in, a, put in one kennel, and the kennel had a partition so that the dogs were separated from each other, and then the, the floor of the kennel was rigged up so that a mild shock could be uh, sent to the floor, not enough to hurt the dogs or anything like that, just enough to make them uncomfortable. And in one side of this kennel, there was a button on the floor where the dog uh, eventually learned that if it stepped on the button, it stopped the shock from both sides of the kennel. So both, if it stepped on the button, both dogs, uh, the shock stopped. And the interesting thing that they discovered is that the dog who had the button continued to be a healthy, happy dog. And the dog that didn't have the button uh, became neurotic, withdrawn, whatever kind of psychological problems a dog's able to have, this dog had it. 
And the, the fact is, what happened is, it wasn't so much the circumstance that was causing the problem, it was the way that they perceived the circumstance. Because one dog knew that it had control or power over the circumstance, and the other dog had a feeling of helplessness and uh, felt like a victim of the circumstance, and it led to depression. And that can happen with us, just like it happened with them. Um, So you may feel helpless to change your situation, but that's not the kingdom perspective. Um, Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, why is that important to your perspective or to a kingdom perspective? It's important because if you're having problems with what's happening in the present, it's possible for your future to come to the aid of your present. Does that make sense? Let me, let me explain it a little bit. If God already has a plan for your life, if your destiny has already been determined and your story has already written, if the outline of your story is already written, isn't it time that we understood it, stepped into it, and began partnering with God in the process? So there is hope in your future. And that can affect your present, and it can actually help change your perspective. So what that means is that perspective is not just about your position. Like we talked about, you know, with the picture of the cat on the stairs. Are you up? Are you down? Understanding where you are uh, in, you know, in space, more or less. But perspective is also about time. Because time will determine for you what's relevant and what's irrelevant. Now, I have another illustration here. So what I have here is, uh, let's see, let me look around the room. Most of you will understand what this is. So it's not a big black CD. Um, So I have a record. And what I actually have here, this is um, a record album that at the time, would have been considered modern worship, okay? So it would have been, at the time, it would have been the latest thing, right? It would have been the thing that all the the cool churches were playing, right? And uh, so, and it's being played on a record player. So at the time, this was the latest technology, playing the latest modern worship. And I actually have it wired into the sound system, so you're going to get to take a little journey here today into the past. For some of you, this might be like a museum exhibit. That's all right. (laughs) So what you're hearing here, oh, there's the crackle. What you're hearing here is music that would have been the most relevant modern worship of its day. And I'm of an age now where I remember when this song was new. I actually remember us doing this song in church. Um, I think you get the idea. I'll go ahead and shut it off. But, you know, for most people, 
for most people, this type of thing isn't relevant anymore. Um, it's, it's something that has lost uh, its purpose and lost its usefulness. So it's become irrelevant. Uh, it's, you know, I still listen to it. I like this. This is my record player. It's my record. But most people don't listen to that anymore. It's just not what it used to be. And that's okay. Times change. It's all right for, for one thing to be relevant, and then times change, and then something else is relevant and kind of takes its place. I mean, I listen to most of my music on this now. Um, but it's not okay if this becomes irrelevant because times have changed. You see what I'm saying? Pastor Sean spoke uh, just recently here on um, the gifts of the Spirit and how there are different perspectives and schools of thought on the gifts of the Spirit. And some, some perspectives on that are that, well, those have passed away. Those were for a different time. Those were for, uh, those were relevant in a different time. But if you want to have a kingdom perspective and you want to be able to do all that God has called you to do, it is necessary for you to view the Word of God and the promises of God, promises of God like miracles, healing, the gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, as uh, relevant for today. That's a part of a kingdom perspective. And so time uh, plays a part in a kingdom perspective as well as uh, your place. Now, also, let me say this. It's not just about knowing that, right? I mean, the Bible says that we're to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Um, We have to be able to walk that out and put it into practice in our daily life. And so that doesn't happen without faith. Now, when you're talking about a kingdom perspective, there is a difference between faith and fear. And uh, the difference between faith and fear is a matter of perspective. And I can illustrate that by just having you imagine with me. Imagine that you've gone into the doctor, and the doctor comes out and says, well, I've got some bad news. We've looked at your tests. We found something. Um, and as he, as he continues to talk, you start to have a physical reaction to what you're hearing, right? Your body might tense up. You might lose feeling in your fingers and toes. You might get that pit in your stomach kind of a feeling. You know what I'm talking about. But think about it. Nothing physical is happening to you. Nobody's attacking you or, or anything like that. You're just hearing words. But you're, you're having a response to those words that is a fear response. And I know that. I've had that happen myself. But a kingdom perspective is one without fear. Uh, I, I had a, a, a friend in Arkansas um, who, this lady was a, a nurse and a missionary. And um, we were talking one day, and uh, she was telling me about her father, who was... Uh, uh, older and was nearing the end of his life. And he, he had been a minister, and he'd served God for years and years and years, and he was just getting close to the end of his life. And he was really struggling with fear. Um, and he knew better than that. You know, it wasn't like he didn't have the knowledge. It wasn't like he didn't know the Word of God. 
but he still just struggled with fear. And he was praying about it and saying, God, I trust you, and I know your word, but I, but I still am just struggling with fear over the end of my life, which is coming. And he was sitting out on his front porch one day, and he was talking to God, and he said, Lord, if you could just tell me what it's going to be like, I really think I could deal with the fear. And he said, so God, is it like falling asleep? And God spoke to him and said, no, it's like waking up. And when, when God spoke that word to him, his perspective shifted at that moment, and fear lifted. And the, see, the only thing that happened there was the perspective changed. And the thing that's beautiful about that is we get to choose our perspective. It's not forced upon us. Uh, I, t- I, I mentioned earlier on in 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says, As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. So we can choose to look on those eternal things. We can choose to set our eyes on the things of the kingdom of God and not be uh, weighed down by the things of this world and our situations and circumstances. We get to make the choice. Um, And I want to take my last remaining uh, moments here and go through a story in the Bible in the Old Testament that to me is the perfect illustration of making a choice Um, on perspective. And unfortunately, uh, these people made the wrong choice, but it's still the best uh, illustration that I know of. And it's in Numbers chapter 13. That's where we're going to start. And uh, I'm going to read through this. I'm going to try to do this fairly quickly um, for the sake of time. So just do the best you can. I think we're going to try to put it up on the screen, follow along. Numbers 13, verse 13 says, the Lord spoke to Moses, or verse 1, sorry, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a chief among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the people of Israel. So these are, you know, manly men, leaders of people, uh, that, he, that they're sending out. Now jump down to verse 17. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and he said to them, go up into the Negev uh, and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether there are few or many, whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not. And then he says this, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Uh, And then jump down to 23. I'm going to kind of jump around here a little bit. Verse 23 says, and they came to the valley of Eshcol and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes. And they carried it on a pole between the two of them. So you got to imagine a single cluster of grapes that's so big that two guys have to carry it on a pole. It's not like your price chopper grapes or anything like that. So... At verse 25, at the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we came to the land which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, 
The people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negeb, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. Okay, that's one perspective. And then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. That's another perspective. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And, they, and there we saw the Nephilim. And listen to this. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. So what happened, and I'm going to come back into this here in just a second, but listen, what happened here is a certain perspective literally determined the outcome of an entire generation of people. Hundreds of thousands of people's lives, the direction of their lives, were affected by the perspective of these spies. Okay? So, Numbers 14. I'm going to move on here. Um, uh, Let's jump down to verse 3. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? Um, And they said to one another, Let us choose another leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among them spied out the, and spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, The land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Now listen, both sets of spies saw the same land, right? They saw the same buildings, they saw the same cities, They saw the same people, and they saw the same giants. It's not like Joshua and Caleb didn't see the giants. But the difference is that the giants to Joshua and Caleb were irrelevant. How tall those guys were were not relevant to Joshua and Caleb. Why? Because they were thinking about how big God is. And they knew that God had told them to go into this land, and that he was going to give them the land. And so they were operating on what God had said. They were standing on the word of God, and that was their perspective, was a kingdom perspective, a God perspective on the situation. These other guys were looking at it from a human perspective. And you know what? Honestly, from a human perspective, what those foolish spies had said was right. They they weren't big enough. They weren't strong enough to overtake the inhabitants of that land. But that's the wrong perspective. Now, let me finish this up right here. Uh, Verse 10, it says, Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, listen to this, 
How long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me in spite of all the signs that I have done among them? Now, I know that there are many people in here today who are facing things in their life that are just as daunting to you as the giants and the people and all of the the problems in the promised land were to those unbelieving spies. I know that. But when you ask God, where are you? Why aren't you doing what I want you to do? Why aren't you fixing this the way that I think you should fix it? You've got to ask yourself, is God asking you the same question that he asked here? How long will they not believe in me in spite of all the signs that I have done among them. Because when you have a kingdom perspective, then you begin to see, oh, God has been faithful. God has been there with me every step of the way. There may be times where I feel crushed, but I'm not abandoned. And when you have a kingdom perspective, you begin to see that. But there are two points of view that fight for control in our thinking. And we have to choose which one we're going to believe, which perspective we're going to have. Uh, you see that in the, in the story of David and Goliath, too. It's exactly the same thing. King Saul, when he's talking to David, he says, you can't go fight that guy. He's twice as tall as you are. You're just a kid. That guy's been a warrior since he was a kid. If you go fight him, you are going to die. And you know what? From a human perspective, he's exactly right. But David says, no, the Lord delivered me from the lion. The Lord delivered me from the bear. So what has he got there? He has a testimony. He has a story of how God has already been faithful in his life. And he says, and the Lord will deliver me from this Philistine. And so human perspective versus a God perspective or a kingdom perspective. And we all know how that story turned out. So, let me put it another way. And I know I'm running short on time here. But uh, let me add this in right here. We keep, we keep chickens at our house. And maybe with the music coming in right now, and me telling you a story about chickens seems a little bit <laughs> not like a good fit. But stay with me. Bear with me. Uh, we keep chickens. Uh, a lot of people here at church keep chickens. Uh, those of you who went through Discover the Journey, you guys know that it's a, actually a requirement to be a part of the church to keep chickens. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding about that. But we do. We have chickens. And so uh, I am well aware of the chicken's limited range of sight. Uh, and, uh, you know, a chicken... Is, is capable of seeing as far as 160 feet away. But its eyes are focused, really, to only be able to see about 15 feet in front of it. And, and honestly, as someone who keeps chickens, I can tell you this. I don't think they even look 15 feet in front. They pretty much spend most of their time looking at the ground in front of their feet. 
Now, in contrast to that, an eagle is able to see a rabbit from two miles away. And an eagle takes flight, goes up high, and can see all around it, can see far, far out, can see the big picture. And another interesting comparison is when a strong storm comes, and I know some of you are facing strong storms right now, a chicken looks for a place to hide. I've seen it. They, go, they all run into the coop. Wherever they're at, they all take off. They run into the coop, and they huddle in a, in a little cluster in a corner when a strong storm comes. Do you know what an eagle does? When the wind from the storm starts to blow, an eagle takes flight, and it allows the wind to come up under its wings and push it higher. And so when the storm is blowing, an eagle is above the storm. And so what happens? The eagle is actually letting the force or the power of the storm push it higher. And so what am I saying there? Don't be a chicken. (laughs) Be like an eagle. Because the eagle is the kingdom perspective. Uh, We sang that last song in worship um, about how All things are possible. Nothing is impossible. When you're looking at at things in your life from a human perspective, you are going to inevitably come against things that are impossibilities. This is not possible. This, I have reached the end. I have gotten to the point where there's nothing more I can do. There's no way out of this situation. There's no door that's going to open for me. I've got four walls and no doors. But a kingdom perspective says this. I want to put this up on the screen. Impossibilities are only a signal where our ability stops and God's ability continues. Because what's impossible for us is possible to God because with God, all things are possible. And so when you have come up to a place in your life where it's like, that's it. I'm done. I've, I've done everything I can do. There is nothing more I can do. There is no way for this situation to resolve, for this circumstance to work out. That's just a signal that you have finally gotten to the place where God's power can start to work. And that's a kingdom perspective. And we have to choose that kingdom perspective. So the question is, what is the seemingly impossible thing in your life that you're facing at this current moment. Because I believe that if we can shift to a kingdom perspective and we can start seeing from God's point of view the way Joshua and Caleb did, the way Paul did, the way David did, and even in that illustration, the way an eagle does, then Depression, anxiety, fear, and worry will be lifted off. And that's a good thing, amen? So what I want to do is let's stand up. Let's bring the lights down. Let's just, I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes, and we're just going to go to the Lord for just a minute here and pray. Father, thank you, Lord, that your goodness and your love chases us down throughout our whole life. 
Lord, you don't forsake us. You don't abandon us. Your word says that your mercy is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And Lord, on top of that, you have made us to be more than conquerors. You have fought the battle for us. You've delivered us. The blood of Jesus has saved us, redeemed us, healed us. But God, we say, we come to you right now and admit to you that there are times when we lose sight of that. There are times when our circumstances and our situations cloud our view, cloud our vision, screw up our perspective. So today, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, Lord, let there be a clarity that comes. Let there be a fresh perspective, a kingdom perspective that allows us to see every situation from your point of view, God. God, we want to be what you've called us to be. We want to walk forward in your power. We want to walk forward in your calling, and we want to accomplish the destiny and the purpose that you have placed us here for. And so, God, we know we have to have a kingdom perspective to do that. And so, Father, I pray by the Holy Spirit, as we leave here today, that we would leave with that kingdom perspective. As we go to work tomorrow, as we go through this week, that every day we would be looking at every circumstance, every situation, good or bad, with a kingdom perspective in the name of Jesus. We love you, Lord, and we bless you, and we commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, we receive that in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let that sink into your heart, what was just said. God speaks to us. And that's one of the ways he does. Remember what I said about this album. To many people, it's irrelevant. To many people, it's useless and has no purpose. God's word and the things in his word are never irrelevant. They're never useless, and they never lose their purpose. And one of the things that God's word says is that he can communicate with us through tongues and interpretations. And you just heard that. And so that's God. That's the Holy Spirit. And so what was just said, receive that. 
Receive that into your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you are here among us, and we bless your holy name. We praise you because you are great and greatly to be praised. There's nobody like you. God, you are a consuming fire. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Let's give God a big hand clap of praise this morning. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Awesome God. Awesome God. Hallelujah. Well, next week, Pastor Sean's going to be starting up another uh, powerful sermon series. He told me about it this morning. I'm already ready to hear it. Uh, I'm so excited about it. And so come back next week. It's going to be great. Have a good week. Go with God. You are dismissed. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. For more information about Journey Church or to browse our media library, visit us online at journeykc.com.